0: Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. Welcome to another show of TV7 Middle East Review, which will follow and analyze developments in the Middle East and beyond, and also forward-looking about what to expect So if we look here at the last um, month, I would say winds of change have arrived to the Middle East. The winds of change in Washington, in the transfer from the Trump to the Biden administration, the new policies are coming here to the Middle East, affecting the Iran issue, Palestinians, and also the periphery. With me here is my good colleague and friend, Colonel Reserve Intelligence, um Iran, and uh, of course also uh, Dr. Iran Lerman, also PhD. And uh, Iran, if you look back at the last month and also trying to see what will be the development for the coming days and uh, weeks, I would say Iran probably looms very um, much uh, in the front. We see the talks in Vienna. We see a lot of mysterious um, uh, developments and explosions in Natanz, other places, uh, Iranian ships, and so on and so forth. And what do we do expect here?
1: Well, of course, for Israelis, it's a bit difficult to pay attention amidst the uh, ongoing Israeli political crisis, which seems far from being resolved. But policy must go forward. And the issue on the table is whether Iran and the United States will go back to the old JCPOA of 2015 as it was, leaving the United States and the West with very little leverage for a better, longer, stronger, broader agreement that the uh, Biden administration uh, uh, spoke about when they uh, during the campaign and when they took power. And uh, this is an open question. And Israel feels obliged to do uh, Two things. First of all, to buy time through clandestine operations. I mean, nobody owns up, uh, and, and rightly so, to any specific action. But the idea is to deny the Iranians the capacity to break through quickly to a, uh, uh, enough fissile material for a nuclear arsenal. That's one thing. And to engage with the Americans on a very serious professional, not political, but professional, Dialogue. And Iran, towards that end,
0: next week there is a very big professional delegation from Israel to Washington to discuss exactly where you're talking about the technicalities and the real nitty gritty um, clauses of a JCPOA or and better and improved one. Well, definitely.
1: It's uh, quite an unusual uh, spectacle the chief of staff of the IDF, the head of the Mossad, and the national security advisor, all heading, not as a mission, but each of of them to uh, confer with uh, their counterparts. Raiding on Washington. Washington. Yes, it is a a, um, a highly unusual procedure, but it indicates, first of all, the extreme importance of this issue for us. Uh, Essentially uh, more important than anything else on the agenda for the coming year or, or years even, um, and also the need and the understanding in Jerusalem of the need to speak at the professional level, to keep this as, as, as the, uh, far as possible from the problems of Israeli politics and send the highest professional echelon. There's also uh, here, and, and I'm treading on delicate grounds, Uh, there's a message to the Americans. In 2010, um, the equivalent uh, team, or anyway, the the, uh, chief of staff of the IDF at the time, the head of the Mossad at the time, even the head of the Shin Bet at the time, who acted as the uh, uh, less concerned with Iran, but he was the number three in this uh, troika, uh, tripped up uh, Netanyahu and his defense minister at the time, Ehud Barak, who very much wanted Action against Iran, and uh, and uh, the Obama administration was uh, critical or opposed, and there were people in Israel who, who uh, at very high places, who thought uh, more or less the same way as the Americans did at the time. So today, the say? key players, yeah. mm-hmm. each and every one of them, are aligned uh, with Israel yeah. with the official government position which is, by the way, bipartisan, if you ask the leaders of the opposition bloc, which is trying mm-hmm. to unseat mm-hmm. Netanyahu, they will tell you the same thing about Iran mm-hmm. that you would hear from Netanyahu, almost across the board. Not mm-hmm. everyone, but
0: I would say 90% of them would speak the same language. Sure. Yossi Cohen, which was his uh, national security advisor of Netanyahu, he appointed him as the head of Mossad, very close. Uh, Aviv Kohavi, the chief of staff, in his uh, late uh, last statements, he is sh- surely aligned with Netanyahu's policies.
1: Well, it's not Netanyahu's policies. It's Israel's perception that the United States must retain effective leverage if they are to get from the Iranians a uh, revision, a serious revision of a very problematic document that uh, without revisions may give the Iranians a nuclear capacity by the end of the decade.
0: So to that end, Iran... All this mysterious uh, sabotage of the uh, Iranian nuclear uh, program. Uh, explosions in Natanz, uh, including destroying of, according to some reports, of thousands of centrifuges that can he- hold them really back. Uh, the killing of uh, very uh, prominent scientists, uh, the, uh, the, uh, yes, the, the, the chief of the, uh, the program. Uh, of course, uh, taking out vessels. Of Iran that uh, are designed to either supply weapons to the Hezbollah through the Mediterranean or oil uh, against the, uh, the the sanctions uh, to Syria, and the command ship of the IRGC. Of course, mm. now apparently yes. So tactically and operationally, these are really uh, super successful operations. But when you look at the response of Iran, the defiance that here they're going to enrich up to 60%. They're going to double uh, down on their refusal and actually uh, uh, toughening up their position in, uh, yeah. in Vienna. So at the end, the, the net assessment, do you think these are helpful, let's say to the Americans or to the, uh, the P5 plus uh, one, as the Iranians now may have not uh, such leverage with centrifuges and enrichment, or... Is it a detriment where the Iranians will double down and maybe, maybe, the uh, P five plus uh, uh, one will take it out on Israel as trying to sabotage not the uh, the um, Natan's uh, but all, but the Vienna?
1: Well, I, I definitely uh, worry about such interpretations being put on Israel's actions by people in the West and even people in Washington. However, uh, there have been some leaks and rumblings of unidentified officials, but the American administration, had it been really unhappy, would have made its position much clearer. I think they can also see the benefit of gaining time. The, the game is about time. The entire question right way back to 10 years ago when the Obama administration came, or more than that, when the Obama administration came in and started looking at the Iranian challenge. The question was about time. How long do we have? And where do we want to put the Iranians in terms of the breakthrough period from where they are now to a bomb? And uh, so uh, all of this revolves around uh, this question. Now, if you you take the Iranian statement at face value that they are rushing forward, uh, then maybe Israel did more harm than good. But we have good reason over time to suspect that the Iranians sometimes make uh, dramatic announcements. And actually, this is intended to cover for a serious setback. Mm For example, uh, two and a half, almost three years ago, in May uh, 2018, Israel destroyed a large part of the Iranian uh, deployment in Syria in one blow. Operation House of Cards. Mm -hmm. And the Iranians immediately announced that their uh, barrage of rockets fell on the Golan and killed a lot of Israeli soldiers.
0: And intercepted the Israeli planes, all kinds of... uh,
1: Now, if you know Israeli society, you know you cannot lie about the question of uh, uh, military losses. Uh, The word would get around, uh, Mm -hmm. this is not North Korea, (laughs) to to say the least. Uh, Families would, uh, you know, uh, would be out and about. Um, It was a lie. And I thought it was an elegant lie which served their interests and served our interests. It gave Mm -hmm. them a way out without doing anything. And I think the 60%, uh, I mean, they will enrich to 60%, but will does given the blow uh, to their capacities, can they do so fast enough to actually change the timing or the, the time equation? That's a different matter altogether. I think uh, they, if they could, they would not have announced it. They announced it because they're trying to uh, frighten the Biden administration and the West into submitting to Iran's will. So that's the game. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't play their game. Mm -hmm. We should be very wary of what we are doing. And we should base ourselves on very penetrating intelligence. Clearly, the Iranians know that Israel has established a very deep penetration uh, because of what has Mm -hmm. been happening. And uh, this is certainly to the benefit of the United States, the West, even the Russians. Nobody really wants Iran and to be also in your power. The Chinese are
0: getting very, very cheap oil from, from, the, uh, from Iran, which is almost at costs. So Iran doesn't make too much money with all these huge um, mega transactions with, <laughs> with China. The Chinese
1: are very mercantile. And mm-hmm. uh, in any case, they are not yet a global player in the, the old sense. But even uh, when they become one, they have no interest in having Iran as a nuclear power. They are part of the nuclear club. They have no interest in
0: its enlargement. So, Iran, maybe just for the benefit of our viewers, uh, maybe you can explain very, very succinctly what are the negotiations about. I would say that probably the Iranians would love, you know, they, they have breached now uh, in a very, very uh, flagrant way uh, this JCPOA. They yes, continue to enrich. They have, they have the quantities of enriched uranium much above that they were allowed, um, uh, the higher uh, purification, and they continue with delivery systems and everything else. Now, we do not see at least maybe what is the strategy of the United States and the P5 plus one. Is it to push them back to the JCPOA or to get a better JCPOA? in terms of the sunset clause, you know, to make it uh, right. longer, uh, in terms of the um, monitoring, which is right now is very, very uh, and, perforated. And putting in the ballistic, missile, and the ballistic the, missiles. And ballistic missiles and the, the terror everything else. Uh, regional so behavior. Where, what are the positions of the two sides? And what do you see the end game here? Well, here's, that's the greatest
1: question. Because um, clearly, the administration, and the French and others uh, in the West, I'm talking about Russians and the Chinese right now, uh, have spoken about the need for a better, or uh, in their language, longer and stronger agreement. Um, Macron has spoken to that. He also wanted the Saudis to brought in, to be brought in, uh, which the Iranians rejected. Biden used the same language during the campaign and and and, and since. Uh, however. Right now, the talks in Vienna seem to be focused on compliance for compliance, return to the JCPOA by the Iranians, that's to say to fold in a credible way, in a, in a persuasive way, everything that they've done to breach the JCPOA in return for the removal of sanctions. the Of the sanctions that were removed, the international sanctions, American sanctions were removed after the signing of the JCPOA, sanctions which, by the way, were put at the request of the international community, United Nations Security Council Resolution 1929. Now, the Iranians are now saying we want all 1,300 sanctions. To be pulled before. To be all pulled off the table, those that are directly related to the JCPOA and even those that are not. In other words, for Iran to have a completely clean slate. So they're overplaying their hand And if they don't back down, this actually may fail. But if they do get what they want, the West will be left with no leverage, no effective leverage for getting to the better uh, or the longer and stronger agreement. And this is the delicate point that Israel is trying to make again and again to our American friends and our French friends and others. With whom we, I believe, we share the same ultimate goal. Uh uh Don't let go of your entire range of levers. Uh, Iran is not a superpower; it cannot dictate the outcome. If you need a partner in this negotiation, you know the uh, the language of modern negotiation theory. There's a Uh zopa zone of possible agreement. Uh And there needs to be also a button, a better alternative to negotiating mm-hmm, agreement. Mm-hmm. If you need a, a better alternative, we will provide it. We will be there to help you. We are not there to undermine what you, you are doing we are We share the same goal. And we can be
0: of help. So before we end up on this topic, which is, of course, very important, maybe the number one topic uh, concerning the is. world, concerning Israel, concerning Saudi Arabia, the Gulf, everyone basically are threatened by the aggressiveness I of I should say uh, Iran. the world, because it's the not world. about Israel. Inter- we, we should Absolutely. be very clear,
1: this is not about Israel. If Iran goes nuclear, so will Turkey. So will Saudi Arabia? Absolutely. So will Egypt. Egypt. Think of this from the point of view of people living in the Balkans, mm-hmm. Greece. Others mm-hmm. facing mm-hmm. a, a military nuclear Turkey down the road.
0: No, it's a the totally dam the dam of
1: the NPT
0: will break, and we would slide towards a very dangerous world. Very, very dangerous world. So this is why we hope that the Americans and the P five plus one that is the Europeans plus China and Russia will really hold up and will not give in anything. Now. Uh, there is another element of timing here uh, in june there are expected to be presidential elections in uh, in iran which uh, also may affect the position of iran today in vienna uh, do they want an arrangement and an agreement before the elections or after uh, will it help the conservatives Or the less conservative, there are no liberals over there. 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 Uh, Would that be also a factor on the Iranians' mind? And would the uh, Americans, let's say, and the P5 plus one, could they exploit it against the Iranians? Well,
1: here again is the question the question is what does the West um, tell itself? Does the United States uh, buy the story that it's good to cut a deal now with Rouhani and Zarif before they they disappear in favor of people backed by the IRGC? So let's get the best deal we can while it is on the table. But that has a delusional element to it because if you sign with people who are about to be gone and the implementation would fall into the hands of people who are, by definition, much... More aggressive in their pursuit of regional hegemony and uh, an ideological agenda, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, you, you're, tell, you, you're telling yourself a false story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're lulling yourself to sleep on a very important question. So that's another element of our conversation.
0: Yeah, so I guess no conclusion yet. I guess we will have to follow it very closely for probably our next uh, TV7 Middle East review here. Hopefully we will have a better understanding where we are and hopefully we will see a very, very tough position by the international community as represented by the P5 plus 1, as they do have all the cards. And the Iranians are bluffing. They're playing on the uh, on the brink. And hopefully, we will get a better understanding where we are headed. Another issue, uh, Iran, which I think also is uh, on everybody's agenda here in the region, at least, is the Palestinian uh, problem, Palestinian question. Are they going to have elections right now? Uh, they have scheduled elections also in May and in, in June. Will they have elections? Will they not have elections? There are two, I would say, axes here. One is Hamas vis-a-vis the Palestinian Authority or the PLO. And Hamas is gaining, uh, uh, I would popularity. say, momentum and popularity also in the, in the West Bank. And also intra-Fatah, um, I would say, rivalry. Yeah. Uh, Barghouti again, which is the, the charismatic against the old, tired uh, Abu Mazen, Dahlan on the wing. Uh, so there also talks about maybe postponing the elections. Who would benefit from postponing the elections? And how? Uh, what is the chance that indeed they will be postponed?
1: Well, it does begin to look as if Abu Mazen uh, cannot manage uh, this transition well. And an election may lead to very negative results. Uh, Of course, Hamas dominance is in nobody's interest except maybe Erdogan in Turkey. Uh, And therefore, it would be for the benefit of all to prevent another uh, Fatah fiasco, as we saw in 2006. Um, Barghouti is in jail for murder. Um, Dahlan is a, a Five cases of five murder for
0: yeah. Five counts of murder. And he is their representative or he is their favorite
1: well, to lead them. It is a very sad comment on Palestinian politics. Yeah. Uh, Dahlan is a, um, let's say, indefatigable uh, um, conspirator uh, backed by elements in the Gulf and elsewhere. It is a, it's a sad spectacle. Abu Mazen, uh, I would say a few things in his favor, but he is clearly uh, tired and, and ineffectual. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say Israel would benefit uh, from the uh, from the postponement, but Israel would uh, uh, certainly find it find it very uh, problematic to handle a, another catastrophic political result, as we as happened fifteen years ago. So um, the, I, I noticed that the Americans have already given their uh, permission to Abbas, so to speak, uh, indirectly
0: uh, through a, a, Meaning they will a, a journalistic interview to say, "Well, we would understand if you have no choice, but to. we will not demand democracy uh, at all cost and any means like they did with uh, ousting Mubarak and bringing Morsi, the Islamist, back in." Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that they ousted the Mubarak. The, the Egyptian people pushed him out, but the American administration at the time, uh, w- uh, let's say, entertained certain hopes—not to say illusions—about the future course. of So, I think they're
0: more sobered up now.
1: I think that the uh, from within the Obama administration, the wing that was more sober uh, was more sober even then. Is now the dominant one in the which is basically Biden, right?
0: Yes, absolutely Absolutely, so uh, this is also a uh, problem in waiting the Palestinian issue. Meanwhile, we see we are now celebrating uh, the Muslims celebrate the month of Ramadan Which tensions are sometimes high at this uh, time uh, of, uh, of year, especially in Jerusalem and around the uh, temple mount uh, there are a few skirmishes now between right now no, between uh, extreme uh, uh, elements on the palestinians uh, attacking jews hopefully this will not uh, flare up but this is also something the palestinian issue is something to be frankly
1: frankly there are also problematic elements on the on the israeli side and at the time of uh, high political passions, mm-hmm. uh, tempers flare up on both sides. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the, uh, the amazing thing, of course, that in Israel now, uh, Arab parties, are much closer to the core of power than they've ever been. They've been marginalized, mm-hmm. and now they, at least one of them has positioned mm-hmm. itself as, a, I wouldn't say kingmaker, but uh, it it, keep, it is one of the two elements that hold the balance of power mm-hmm. in the post-election Knesset, which is interesting to watch, and may have educational values for both sides. Now, we talked about Egypt. And I wanted to raise uh, a spectacle that uh, some of our viewers may have seen, or should see, I would say, on YouTube, because it is out of this world. The, uh, uh, but it does have political implications. Um, last month, the Egyptian government decided to move 21 uh, mummies of Egyptian kings and queens from the, muse- the old museum at the heart of Cairo, on Tahrir Square, uh, to the new museum. And they did so in a ceremony full of pharaonic symbolism, as if Egypt has been transported in time. Well, the, the, the vehicles were uh, modern vehicles. But all the symbolism was
0: essentially That would uh, make the, the ancient 5, pharaohs very, very proud of what <laughs> they have done. Uh,
1: indeed. And I would, uh, I would speak about uh, uh, Sisi quite uh, knowledge, uh, knowingly uh, making Egypt uh, Egypt not, uh, not, and not not arab not muslim not muslim but uh, but egyptian right uh, there are egyptian symbolisms ancient egyptian symbolisms in the Actually, new capital right. the always looked
0: down the egyptians always look down at the other arabs we have here here for thousands of years all the others are just uh, newcomers Feminism they have no common uh, right uh, ah, heritage so that
1: so that said what is the difference with egypt the other arab countries Egypt is a country <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so. and, and I think this uh, speaks also to the new political discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does Egypt belong, well, what is its place and increasingly by the way this links up also with our discourse about the Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah, if you break up the Arab and Islamic Middle East and you look at its subregions. And you look at the Eastern, Eastern Mediterranean uh, beyond the Middle East, as including uh, Greece and Cyprus and Egypt and Israel. Um, and uh, Jordan as an honorary Mediterranean because their port of trade is Israel's port in Haifa but uh, while well, they have no uh, Mediterranean coast of their mm-hmm. own. But if you look at this environment now, uh, it is increasingly significant in geostrategic, economic, as well as in terms of identity. And as again, Politics. it goes to
0: what we have said here all along in the last few uh, uh, programs, that how the uh, Palestinian issue is no longer uh, on, on the table, pretty much. It's not only on the agenda. It's very much the down. There are, of course, you have Iran, but other interesting development in the region: the new alliances, Israel, Allignment. Cyprus, and uh, of course, uh, fascinate, three fascinating
1: three fascinating pointers. Uh, Israel's air force is participating, in, uh, uh, not for the first time, in the annual Inyos exercise in, in Greece with alongside Arab air forces. Israel has just signed a huge contract to train the uh, Greek air force. Uh, f- Training facilities, simulations. $1.5 so. billion. $1.6, yeah, amazing, amazing. And uh, the third one, um, in a very um, amicable atmosphere, you had the Paphos Forum uh, bringing together the f- uh, foreign ministers of Israel, Gabi Ashkenazi, our former chief of staff, uh, Greece, Cyprus, and the United Arab
0: Emirates. So this is fascinating. If you had the Thought about this only a few years ago, it wouldn't uh, really be on our uh, uh, peripheral vision, even. So here we are at the end of the program. Iran is still the most problematic uh, issue here and in the world. Palestinians are pushed to the wayside. New alliances, which puts Israel uh, right at the forefront uh, and center of uh, Middle East uh, strategies, and we will continue to monitor and analyze all these issues next month on TV7 Middle East Reviews. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.